Hello and welcome to another Bond Marathon episode on the Auto Archives podcast. Following up with Roger Moore's next adventure as James Bond, we look at the amusingly titled Octopussy, a movie that contains James Bond dressed as a clown, an intense set piece aboard a train, Maud Adams being the first actress in the franchise to return as another Bond girl, and a ridiculous scene where Bond is being hunted through a jungle by people on elephants. As always, we each rate the film out of 10 and discuss where they rank among the others. If you haven't already, make sure to listen to the previous Bond episodes to get up to speed. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Tom, thanks for coming back on for another Bond episode. How are we doing? Hello, mate. Yeah, I'm good, thanks. How are you, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good as well, thank you. Good, good. So, um, I've been looking forward to this one, not going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, today we're going to talk about Octopussy, and I still feel weird saying that out loud, <laughs> uh, to be honest. Um, this is one, oh, yeah, like I said, I was looking forward to because I knew this is going to be wacky compared to for your eyes only it's gone completely the other way again and gone for the over the top outrageous goofy side of James Bond so um before we sort of have a deep dive into this particular film just wanted to get your initial thoughts and I'm on tender hooks to understand what you thought of this film so it wasn't what I was expecting actually um and I I don't really know what I was expecting but it wasn't this I I the opening scene is <laughs> I, it's it's fucking brilliant. I I love it. I think it's I think it's probably the best opening scene so far. Oh, hold on, Goldfinger. Well, that Goldfinger is is the benchmark, but the the number of fist pumps I did watching this, I was like, yes, amazing. <laughs> Yeah, I loved it. I thought, yeah, the opening scene is so good, um, and and actually the whole the whole film, I liked it. It's it's pretty action packed. It is it's very much an action film. It's got a pretty classic Bond plot, mm-hmm. um, and both the Bond girls are are really good. I think um, so. Yeah, I, I liked this film, and I didn't really remember it either. It's not. It wasn't what I was expecting, and it's not really. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't watch it and think, "Oh yeah, I remember that bit." In in many of the scenes, so I'm, I wonder how many times I've seen it before. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Your your thoughts. Um, I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. I was, I think, went in with very low expectations, almost Moonraker expectations, but okay. I went along with it. I don't know why. I don't know what has changed, but I kind of went along with. A lot of the goofiness in this and just embraced it a lot more there's a lot of ridiculous stuff in this um and which we'll cover but yeah i kind of went went with it um i i thought personally i'll come into the plot i didn't think the plot was very bond like 
in the sense that actually we'll save that for when we cover to the plot and we'll we'll go into a bit more detail um so as you've mentioned the intro then let's let's go into into that in a bit more detail so what was it about you said there were several fist pump moments what were the bits that that stood out just talk us through that intro so bonds in a i don't even know what country it is um or whose whose base it is but it's a yeah. it's an it's an enemy base isn't it um yeah. a military base and bonds there impersonating um someone else called toro and and firstly he puts on this fake mustache which is just it's it's funny and i think it it's dumb and it is that goofy like you said but bond kind of recognizes that it's just really stupid and that he's never going to get away with it and so so i just liked it i thought it worked i thought it was light-hearted um and and then yeah there's all these action scenes um and he gets he gets arrested basically and he's being taken away isn't he and then the girl the girl saves him and then he gets into this horse box and a, a whole fighter jet then <laughs> <laughs> just like rolls out of the back of the horse's then arse. rolls out the back yeah exactly yeah yeah exactly out out of a horse's ass <laughs> this mechanical horse <laughs> turns into a full on fighter jet and then yeah he's he's just flying this jet around trying to get away from rockets and all sorts and this yeah i, I just thought it was kind of as that ridiculous comedy but quite well filmed exciting action pieces go it's just classic bond for me it's like that that sort of it's like a pot noodle of bond isn't it just, <laughs> you just know what you're getting and it's just easy and it just makes you feel nice <laughs> i i i'm gonna have to agree and i i thought i'd be a misery guts on this but a lot of stupid Glad. stuff happens in a very short space of time. <laughs> yeah. it's like, so firstly, yeah, he, he, he puts the moustache on and then you you, meant, um, you mentioned about uh, his name is Toro and he goes, sounds like a load of old bull. And I was like, <laughs> first I was like, yes, this is a great first one-liner. Um, I'll take that. And then, yeah, where's this like unconvincing, he's supposed to be Cuban because they, they show like, it looks like a, a Castro-like character in the background, like very... Yeah briefly so he's it looks like I don't know, cuba or something or around that sort of area and yeah, well, he's I, guess like, I guess it's the um it's the era of the kind of cuban missile crisis and yeah. and all that isn't it so yeah it's probably yeah you're right yeah so it's all all that that's going on and he kind of he puts a mustache on and kind of embraces it he puts an accent on and he's he's like a he's like a high rank he's representing a high ranking officer so he's like telling people to like sort out their uniform and their outfits like look quite right and he's kind of just playing along and loving it um and yeah the whole <laughs> the horse bit is hilarious as well but um yeah i love the um i this is the bit I, this is one of the intros i remember is is that like one man jet which i think is quite cool set piece especially that narrow escape where he like flies through the hangar as the doors are being shut as the missile is like it's like a heat-seeking missile isn't it it's just following yeah. them around and it just blows up and it's such a great explosion and a great upbeat start i think for as bond films go but it does end for me 
on a really dumb note because he like the wings go up and he like wheels over to like a petrol station and he just like, goes fill her up please <laughs> and then cuts into the thing tune. <laughs> this is funny. Oh, it's funny. Oh, actually, let's go. Right, theme tune. Honest thoughts. Uh, it's all right. It is the worst Bond theme by yeah, a consider- okay, okay. I, considerable yeah. mile. <laughs> it's a it's a poor porn theme tune, <laughs> isn't it? Like you have as soon as it plays, it's like that obscure like saxophone. Like yeah, yeah, it's quite um yeah like bam chicka wow wow kind of. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. It is um yeah, it's it's the worst Bond thing. It is. Yeah. It's yeah. No, actually, no. We'll get onto the worst Bond thing. Oh, okay. But, Interesting. Um, but yeah, no, it is. It's nothing, is it? It's just it's a nothing. It's a nothing theme. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's crap. It's crap. Yeah, right. I hate it. I, I, I don't even want to spend that much time on it because it's just shit. And <laughs> I, there's a there's a reason why I think, I'm sure I read somewhere or someone told me that of all the Bond themes, this was the lowest ranking in the charts on release. Because generally, I imagine, you know, the new Bond theme is a big deal, like it is now. And they yeah. usually rank quite high. And this is the one that didn't even break like the top 20 or top 40 or something stupid. Yeah, and it's, no, it's, it's yeah. shit. It's fair to see why. So I'll quickly go on the plot. So I'm going to read out what IMDb's got down for this. So a fake Fabergé egg and a fellow agent's death lead James Bond to uncover an international jewel smuggling operation headed by the mysterious octopusy being used to disguise a nuclear attack on NATO forces. So for me, the plot, I mean, again, I think we've said this on other Bond films. The plot isn't always necessarily the, the thing we're here for. I I thought it starts off like the first half is a bit weak because it's all like so Bond is after a Fabergé egg and looking into jewel smuggling. I was like, you've come from like, you know, end of the you know, world domination, it's just not quite in the same league. So I, I wanted to get your thoughts on it, because you kind of said the opposite with about the plot. Yeah, no, I, I I actually disagree a bit, but I I also think that I don't really understand why there's the need for those two plots. The, the, the Russian, so there's, there's a, there's a rogue Russian general, isn't there? Who, who has this plot and he wants to kind of invade East to West and, and take over um, West Germany and Belgium and France and all, all of that. It's a, it's a pretty big sort of military operation that he's, yeah. that he wants to go through with. Um, and that's, that's a great plot. That's a, that's a good, Bond plot. I don't understand the need for the jewelry smuggling bit. Yeah. Apart from, apart from maybe it just makes it more Bond, where it's kind of unknown and a bit, um, you know, it's a bit sexier than just a an army film. Um, yeah, I think it's just a device to include kind of some fancy stuff and some fancy locations and some fancy people. It doesn't really doesn't really add up and it doesn't really make any sense. Why would the Russian general use that? He's got, you know, he's a Russian general. He could just move weapons if he wanted to. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think it's just a bit of, it's a bit of an odd one, but the, uh, the, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I could see it doesn't really hit home for you. I, I'm the same because they have this whole thing about, they spend so much time creating a, a replica of these Fabergé eggs, which are like, 
obviously really intricate eggs just to swap to then smuggle them that way. I was like, this is a very convoluted effort just to get, just to steal an egg. Yeah. Um, and I just wasn't on board with it. And I'm, I'm with you. I was much more, we'll come on to the villains probably just after this, but I was much more invested in or interested in the, I think his name's Orlov, General Orlov, the Russian sort of uh, Soviet Union side of that story that it, it kind of leads up to, isn't it? The, the, the jewellery piece is kind of the, the intro to that bigger, the bigger operation, I guess, because you've got this weird scene where it's like, I never thought I would see Bond in an auction house, auctioning, yeah. just waiting to auction an egg, a Fabergé egg. Like, how is this going to be exciting? But I think the little switcheroo is quite funny. Um, that you just yeah, like, yeah. It's, the, it's the, how anyone has like let that happen in an auction house where he's like, oh, can I just have a look at the egg? And just switches it like it clearly goes like in his lap and just puts the other one back somehow manages to get away with that but um yeah all good fun um but yeah i think the plot it's a it's a weak one for me um so i'll go on to the villains in this because i think there are two there's i say there's one main villain but there's also like a sub villain and then you've got henchmen as well so i think kamal khan is the main villain in this really he certainly has a bit more screen time than, than General Orloff. What do you think of, of Kamal Khan as a, a villain in this and then compared to some of the other ones we've, we've seen so far? I think he's good. I like him. Um, he plays that, that character very well. Um, but he's a little bit forgettable. I know, I know whilst watching it, I was thinking that he's, he's a great character. Um, but now trying to think back, I'm not really sure why. Yeah, um, I think he's got a great presence on screen. I, yeah. think, he's, I think he's a good actor. Um, I just don't think his character does anything that memorable. And I think he's just outshone by, um, I don't know the guy's name that plays Orlov, but he's he's much more of an intense definitely. and like, yeah, scary presence, out of the, especially out of those two. Because I think Kamal Khan is a, is much more of a middleman, and I think we'll go as well. We'll we'll cover Octopussy as a as a character, but when he's she when he approaches her, like I don't know, it's like a a, a palace run by women, isn't it? He just gets completely undermined by her, and I think that just destroys his credibility as a villain um, because he he kind of at this point is is holding all the cards. And Octopus is just like, no, just you can't come in. And he's like, okay, no worries. And then just like, and Bond is there as well, just strolls in and like, it's no problem. He like wins her over. Yeah. Anyway, we'll come into that. But I think, yeah, but I on. do think, because um, he, he's, he's quite a strong, he's quite a character and he's quite, um, you think of him as being quite a strong person. And I think what it, what is a bit awkward about that is that Octopus, does have this, this big hold over him. Um, and I guess that's that's clever in the way that it increases Octopussy's character. Um, yeah. And you you feel her as actually okay. Yeah, she she has this hold over this kind of um, big villain. Um, she's she's kind of big news. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. It 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 plays out more of Octopussy's power as a character over Khan 
So mm. it, it, it almost like because there is that element as well that she you're not quite sure if she's the villain at the start because she's held in she's linked obviously to these the the likes of Kamal Khan and who we're led to believe is the main villain in this. Um, but yeah, I think all of just whenever he's on screen and it isn't that much, he just steals the show. I think he should have been pushed as the main villain more, basically. Um, I, I wonder if because they've used Russian villains a lot or maybe around that time in other films around that era that they didn't want to do that again here. I don't know, but um, it, is, it is a bit... I think they, I, I do prefer it really when there is a one main strong uh, villain rather than two sub villains, I guess. Um, I made a note of their henchman, which I, I, I don't know if they said his name and I, I haven't looked to see what his name was, but I, I personally thought he was quite a good villain. He's almost like the strong, silent villain. Um, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I've, I've said exactly the same thing. I, I looked, I did look it up. It's Gob, Gobinda. Okay. Um, yeah, um, I, I think again that that detracts from Kamal Khan because I think he is a really strong henchman, and actually, I don't I don't even know if there's really a need for that middleman villain in Kamal Khan. And actually, they could have probably used Gobinda more as this sort of silent, scary guy who's just a pawn in between um, the other two, so Octopussy and um, Orlov. But yeah, I thought. I thought he was great, actually, um, and he he played that character really well. And he's he's very menacing, and he's got this this kind of evil gadget thing, which is like a a yo yo that's actually a like a circular saw. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I think he's great. I think he's quite an intimidating presence on there, and he almost reminds me. I mean, he does have lines, but very not a lot of lines in this. He reminds me of a henchman like Odd Job, and his eyes. I wondered if it was a reference, but you remember when in Goldfinger, when uh, either Bond or Goldfinger throws Odd Job a golf ball and he crushes it. Um, in this, he th he plays a game of uh, I don't know what game it is, but he basically plays with dice, doesn't he? Yeah. And he throws him the dice and he crushes it the same, like crushes it in front of Bond to show you know. He's, he's the tough guy he's the he means business and just like throws the dust back on the table and I thought it reminded me of that slightly but I, yeah I think he's great and I think he's so intense especially when he's like staring through James Bond throughout the film he's yeah. just relentless and I think it leads up to a great kind of set piece towards the end I know we're kind of jumping around the plot but um, we'll talk about it now but kind of how he gets killed off uh, at the end where they're basically they're trying to escape aren't they and Bond's on that Bond and uh, the henchmen are on top of the plane so as it's flying and just like hanging on for dear life but also trying to swing swords at each other which is crazy and then I mean actually I don't know what you thought of the, the death scene in this where he kind of gets kind of like hit in the face with the aerial <laughs> yeah yeah, that's um, yeah. It's this film kind of mixes that action with slight elements of comedy, like yeah. that. I I just really like that in a Bond film. That's right up my street. Because <laughs> it's almost like it's the classic like Bond is 
Bond's in that scenario, Bond is the underdog and he's like, he's, he's screwed. How the fuck is he going to get out of this? Uh, you know, the henchman's got a sword, he's swinging it at him and he's just trying to hang on. And all he does is like, it's like, it's just those, those classic old school aerials that just, he, peel, yeah. he, he pulls back and just pings it in his face and then he just flies off the end of the plane. Um, I'm I surprised thought, there wasn't, because... Um, Again, in this film, one of the one of the negative points for me is the use of like awkward sound effects, um, right. and I'm really surprised that there wasn't a classic kind of comic book doing when he when he slapped him in the face with the <laughs> with that. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't they didn't throw that in. I noticed as well. I don't know if you noticed that you can clearly see his parachute as well as he's falling off. <laughs> I was just like, you could just clearly see this big grey. Uh, parachute on his back on his back but anyway that's all part of the fun um we do talk about the 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 villains getting killed off in this as well so i think kamal khan's death scene is a bit underwhelming i'd say so in that same plane uh climax that where the the henchman's now been kicked uh, killed off um bond then gets in the plane and rescues Octopussy, and by this point, Bond has also knocked out one of the um, uh, engines on the side of the of the plane. So it starts to like plummet down to earth and kind of lands on its wheels. Um, but they roll out, and Kamal Khan just kind of stays in the plane as it falls off a cliff. Um, I don't know what you thought of of that. But I just personally, I thought it was a bit underwhelming and. And maybe that just leads into his character being relatively underwhelming overall. I don't know what you think. Yeah, maybe. I, yeah. Yeah, I think I agree. I thought I like it when they kill off a character and they don't do it in a really stupid way. Um, but I think, yeah, they could they could have done more. It could have been more impressive because, um, yeah, if Bond does just manage to roll out and he doesn't. So he just falls in the plane. But yeah. the, I think the I think the whole scene is actually really good. And along with so what we got we've got um ski chases and boat chases plane plane scenes bonds are very good at and also train fights <laughs> oh yeah we'll, we'll come and on then, to that train bit yeah. definitely yeah but i'd agree yeah planes they just need to they just seem to nail them and they just get obviously better and bigger as the yeah. franchise gets on um one thing i just wanted to quickly cover and I, I was just doing a bit of the kind of research after the I'd seen the film um I probably should have opened with this but anyway uh, so a bit of context just before this film was being made so I didn't realize but Roger Moore had actually retired at this point um he'd actually had enough of being James Bond and they'd begun casting various other people to to pay, pick up playing 007 basically and the the guy they were looking to basically take over from Roger Moore was was James Brolin, which is Josh Brolin's dad, so Thanos from yeah uh, the Marvel films, which uh, which blew my mind. I had no idea, and he got as far as like screen tests and was acting with the actors we actually see in Octopussy, like Maud Adams who plays Octopussy. So he got you know right really far into the you know production process of Octopussy. But then what happened, and obviously you know, is Sean Connery then announces that he's going to do a rival Bond film the same year in Never Say Never Again. 
and all the producers just like lose their shit and like fuck we need to get we need to get roger war yeah. back this is not the time to <laughs> to get a new actor in and that's how that's how they got him back in as they basically said we need you to to rival connery because you know you're the two big bond names now um he wouldn't the idea was that they sean connery would just wipe the floor with whoever the new bond for, uh, actor would be um and that's uh, which is so all of that i i had no idea um prior to to that 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 had all gone on i just assumed that roger moore had stuck with the role the whole of the seven no, films no, and not stuck you know not dipped out of it at all yeah i had no i, I had no idea that he that he had left and then came back and then yeah and then obviously does even more <laughs> yeah exactly does this and, and at least one more so yeah i just thought i was interested and thought i'd throw that in but um okay so let's go on to the titular bond girl octopusy um <laughs> What are your thoughts on her and her name? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, we've talked about her her name <laughs> over over WhatsApp, and yeah, I'm, I'm disappointed with the um, <laughs> with the lack of. Um, <laughs> but no, I think I think she's a good character actually. Um, I think she plays that that role really well. I think she's I think she's a good actress. Um, I like the character. I think she's she's strong and clearly has this hold over over Khan and that there's a bit of a relationship there actually where you know he knows that they are eventually screwing her over, but he obviously doesn't really like the fact that he has to sort of pander to her um, throughout. Um, yeah, and I, I like I like her relationship with Bond as well actually, um, and she she's. She says at one point, we're not so different. Um, and then she actually gets annoyed at him when he when he kind of thinks that he's better than her because he's kind of like, well, you're just a you're just a crook. Um, and I'm out here trying to do good in the world. And she's mm. like, well, you know, you're not. You just kill people for a living and I rob people for a living kind of thing. Um, and I quite I quite like that. And yeah, she's not a she's not a damsel in distress at all. She's it's, it seems like their their fondness as well actually is quite genuine they yeah they kind of fall for each other as well rather than it being an instant that irritating classic oh look that's James Bond I, I love him and I need to take my knickers off right now yeah yeah I, I thought this <laughs> I, I thought the same I thought it was their relationship that did seem much more genuine and I think it's because of their chemistry as actors that they, it comes across quite well I, you did mention but obviously this is the her return as a actress yeah, course, in yeah. bond um as she plays the uh bond girl in man with the golden gun christopher lee's uh, partner as well which i thought she's definitely out of the two films she's a much more of a presence in this and obviously she is the central bond girl uh, not i was gonna say villain but she is kind of led to believe that she is earlier on and then you know you kind of get the full picture but she, yeah as she's got a bit more front and center in this she's a bit she's definitely more of a standout role in this um and yeah you're right i think she even come uh, gets involved in some of the sort of fight scenes later on so she's a bit more she is like you said not so much a damsel in distress and kind of holds her own as much to bond um which i thought was was quite good the only thing i would say is i just feel like her backstory of how she got the name octopusy is just really weird yeah yeah that's just wrong how 
he's like, oh, my father is my, my 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 father nicknamed me Octopussy after he liked octopuses. Yeah. I was like, don't do that. Don't yeah, ever no. call your offspring <laughs> Octopussy. Just just don't. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. That. Yeah. 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 Just wrong. That's wrong. And as yeah, we're both both fathers to daughters. No. Yeah. Yeah. No, you don't. You don't nickname your child anything with the word pussy in it ever. <laughs> Yeah, no. I mean, the fact we have to say that's a no-no, and that film still got like made, <laughs> and is also the title, is scaring to me. Um, but hey, it's, it's out there now, and uh, yeah, yeah. I was I was wondering watching this again. I was like, what is Octopussy? I completely forgot what it what it was or who it was. And then when you find out not only who it is, but why they called that. No, yeah. sorry, not having that. Um, <laughs> There's also a great scene with the other Bond girl, and I, I, I didn't make a note of her name, and she has a tattoo of an octopus. And it's just after her and Bond have, you know, done the uh, horizontal dance. And uh, she, he, Bond's like, oh, that's a nice tattoo of an octopus. What, what's that? And she's like, yeah, that's my little octopusy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Roger Moore's face is just gold, yeah. isn't it? And he's like, ah. Oh. <laughs> just classic classic cringe bond but yeah yeah not that would have been idea. that kind of would have been enough you know <laughs> just have a tattoo that that she calls her octopussy and yeah. just leave it there that's fine okay name the film octopussy if you really want to that's a fair enough reason don't yeah don't do that <laughs> yeah. yeah don't name it after a full character for some weird parent that's that's called you that for for no reason um Anyway, so yeah, I um, yeah, I think so. Overall, I think she's quite good. I've I've made a few notes of some kind of standout scenes. Um, uh, I, I've made a note of the uh, the chase at the start in the clown outfit, um, which so you remember at the start of this conversation, you you said that it wasn't quite memorable. As I was watching this back, so many memories have come flooding back of of this film and the two bits are the train sequence which we'll come on to and the clown bit at the start because i remember actually thinking this is quite terrifying because mm. you've got i think it's 009 so another agent that's kind of looking into this whole plot um is getting involved in it and he's dressed as a clown because it's all linked to this circus again another thin plot thread which doesn't really make sense but anyway um <laughs> And you've got these like identical twin knife throwers that are just running after him through this woods. And you have no real context of like what's happening at this point, why he's running. And they just like, the bit I remember is obviously he throws a knife into his back and he just bobs down the river. And then there's this really like, I mean, if you were in this scenario yourself, it'd just be terrifying where you cut to this woman who's in her like living room and this clown just stumbles through this glass door holding a Fabergé egg and she's just like screaming. I just remember that bit that was just absolutely terrifying. Um, obviously, we'll, it, it kind of bookends with, with later on. I don't know if we want to talk about now the fact that Bond disguises himself as a clown in the circus. Yeah. Um, See that 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 whole scene doesn't offend me as much as I think it, it may it may offend you, <laughs> but it's just a bit unnecessary, isn't it? And 
like he's he's rushing to to stop the this nuclear bomb but then but then he just you know dresses up as a clown with the full makeup that would have taken him like 45 minutes just yeah it's it's unnecessary stupidity which yeah, i don't i don't like that i don't like when bonds pander to a, a very young audience or just a slapstick comedy thing like clever clever comic relief yes but that's just that's too far for me yeah i i thought the same i i in high as i was after i'd watched it i had the same thing i was like but he's rushing to stop a bomb going off so he thinks the best idea would be to just throw on loads of makeup and basically join the act could you not have just killed a security guard and taken their outfit that would make much more sense yeah Um, because because even there's a scene on the train where he's it's that's actually quite a comical scene where he's hiding <laughs> inside a bear like a bear outfit it's like a monkey and, isn't it yeah 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 like a big gorilla isn't it? that's it yeah and and that's quite that's the kind of comic relief that's all right but why not just do that yeah just dress up as, as something else you know it's, that's yeah. that's a very brief moment and you can kind of see his eyes and he's looking around and it's quite um <laughs> Yeah, it's just a bit a bit of a laugh, isn't it? I made the joke, I made a note, sorry, of the monkey scene, and I laughed a lot during that yeah. scene because all you could see is just his eyes moving. And there's a scene, there's a very brief moment where he, Roger Moore, uh, sorry, Bond, forgets where he is and looks at his watch to look at the time. <laughs> and then like he's like, shit, I'm supposed to be, like, stationary. <laughs> I'm supposed to be standing still. So he, like, zips yeah. back again, and the guards are like, sorry, what was that noise? I just, honestly was in tears of laughter because of that short glimpse at his watch i think it's so yeah. funny I, I, I agree i think that's actually probably the best the best like little bit of comedy acting in probably any bond film because it's so it's so good it's so well timed and it's just really funny because the two they're talking about timers and they're talking about what time it is aren't they the the baddies as they're kind of arming this bomb um and so it's a big, like, serious moment. They're arming a nuclear bomb. And I'll get on to the ridiculous countdown timer in a minute. But <laughs> it then, yeah, then there's just this brilliant piece of comedy acting, which is so lighthearted and so well delivered, where he just, you know, he generally, genuinely, they, they say what time it is, and he checks his watch. And, and you kind of, you would do that, wouldn't you? Just to make sure you've got the same time as them. Yeah. But he's dressed as a gorilla. And... They're like two two mega mega villains, <laughs> and it's just yeah, it's it's really good. I loved it. I I it really stood out as a, the funniest scene, like you said. Possibly out of yeah, I'd have to think about that, but possibly out of the whole series so far. There's a there's a really good bit as well. There's a really, it goes from like funny to quite tense as well because uh, the henchman kind of gets thinks like something's up, and he walks past the gorilla outfit, and there's this really good shot and I never thought I'd say this in a Bond film but there's a really good shot where the gorilla outfit is like in the in the in the in the shot and then the henchman like cuts the head off with his sword and as he does it Bond is in the background climbing a ladder yeah and I just thought that was really good because you think he's still in the outfit but he's actually just like halfway cut and then I just thought that was a really cool moment and then it obviously leads into the the brilliant chain uh, train scene which bless the stuntman for Roger Moore because I think he, he, you know, Roger Moore's definitely getting on here. I think he's like 56 in this film. And there's a lot more scenes where it's like, well, that's a stuntman and that's a stuntman. And then (laughs) cut to Roger Moore's face and everything else is a stuntman. But that aside, I think it's, 
I think it's good fun. Um, I love the bit where he's kind of hanging off the train and his feet are kind of smashing against the train tracks. Um, you can see that would that would fucking hurt. Um, and there's like there's even scenes where he's like he's hanging off the train and like he's actively moving out the way last minute, like dodging things like you know like signs and stuff that were right next to the track. Um, but yeah, I th I, th I think it's great and one of the standout probably pieces of this film. I don't know what you you thought of this. Yeah, I agree. I think yeah, like I said before, train train fight scenes are are synonymous with Bond and it's yeah it's definitely not the first and it's definitely not the last in the series but I think this is the best the best one so far definitely um yeah the maybe because the the stuntman clearly is a very capable stuntman that mm. that the scenes are really good but it's it's properly action-packed isn't it and it's it's really well done and it's it's very tense and it's yeah it's really great to watch it's really good definitely the other the other set piece I wanted to get your opinion on was when Bond goes to India and he goes to the market and he just seems to get, he just goes through every sort of like, I don't know, everything that's on, on uh, available at this market he uses in the fight scene. So I, I wanted to just see what you thought of that whole set piece as well. I think it's fun because he, yeah, like you said, and everything you could imagine there being in like a, a street market with street performers bond uses everything imaginable to bite off these bad guys um and yeah there's um the the, the tuk tuk scene before the kind of souped up tuk tuk that little chase is um it's quite good there's there's ridiculous sound effects which i i've made clear that i don't like a bad sound effect but yeah his his little mate actually we, we'll get on to his his sidekick um, yeah, let's talk about that now VJ, well. yeah, VJ. Um, I love him. I, fu I absolutely love him. Like as much as the guy from For Your, For Your Eyes Only, I think he's such a likable character. So yeah, the market scene. Uh, I made a few notes. Like you said, he, he uses everything as it that's that's surrounding him. So there's a guy that's on a bed of nails, and he just flips one of the like henchmen onto the bed of nails, and the guy gets off it who's like, you know, it's his shtick. And he's just like, get off my bed. <laughs> well, this guy's impaled on this bed of nails. And like, you've got a sword, eat, uh, sword eater and there's a guy on hot coals. Like all these like um, various different things. Like, yeah, I love that. Very stereotypical, but um, he kind of just uses every single one. Uh, and especially the sword fight, uh, the sword eater, because he takes the sword out of his mouth jewels for a bit and then gives him it back and i think he says i'll, I'll, I'll let you put that back <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which i think is just brilliant yeah. um I, the, the main set piece i really wanted to get your opinion on because i think for me is the make or break uh part of this film is the elephant hunt <laughs> yeah so what what do you think of this scene be honest um so bond swinging from a tree screaming like tarzan is is not okay and <laughs> in, in, that's just not that's not okay that's worse than nicknaming your daughter octopusy <laughs> i would 100 percent agree it's, it's unacceptable <laughs> but yeah and yeah i don't i don't like that whole scene really um it's just not 
it's just not great is it i know they're trying to you know it's in india and they're they're in the jungle and there's loads of animals and stuff that they can use but it just doesn't it doesn't really work he tells a tiger to sit and then he tells a snake to hiss off and yeah i didn't really like it (laughs) there's just too much going on in in such a condensed set piece basically Are you a fan of anime, manga, comic book art and everything in between? Or perhaps know somebody who is? Then make sure to check out the work from Instagram artist NoopsDS on teespring.com where you can purchase some incredible artwork on t-shirts, mugs, stickers, phone cases and much more. Personally, I've bought the t-shirt with the Spider-Man print in black which looks fantastic and is a perfect fit. Various different colours are available and shipping is worldwide. To find out more, head on over to teespring.com forward slash doors forward slash noopsds. That's N-O-O-P-S-D-S. And check out all the incredible work on Instagram at noopsds. Links are also available in the episode description. So I, I think for me, this whole elephant hunt scene is the make or break point for liking this film i think there's just too much going on in a condensed period of time like that's too ridiculous like you said about the 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 fake tiger head that like bursts through this bush um there's that then you've got you've got uh, it goes through a, a spider's nest um you've got the tarzan you've got the snake you've got leeches you've got crocodiles uh, all of this stuff and it's just like and they're just hunting him on elephants it's like could you not just find something a bit more faster to find him yeah i know it's quite visually it's quite good to look at as a you know it's quite a unique chase scene i guess it kind of is um but uh there's just too much ridiculousness going on like the fact the tiger actually sits down as well it's just adds to the level <laughs> ridiculousness but uh yeah I, I wasn't a big lover of this scene um if no. I'm really honest no i agree it's it's the worst it's the worst scene of the film um but yeah luckily it wasn't too long <laughs> yeah true that is very true um so i, I was gonna say we go on to um cars and and chases so we mentioned the tuck tuck chase which i think is great if slightly over the top as well like they go over this massive ramp and stuff which is quite is quite fun and obviously you've got the train bit and i forgot to mention as well i i really like the bit where bond is in a a car i can't remember it's it's a nondescript car i think and uh he goes over one of those like tire uh, they pops his tires, doesn't he? As he runs over and then goes on the train tracks, like with those popped tires, like right next to the train. Yeah, I, thought, and that's, I think that's a really good scene. Yeah, that's that's probably a scene actually that is is the one part of this film that I do really remember because yeah, I, I must have seen this as a as a very young kid, and all my life have thought, is that possible? <laughs> <laughs> I want to try. Yeah, I want I want to try that. Get the tires off. Get on the tracks. I wonder. I wonder if it, I still don't know. Is that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It looked pretty legit how they did it. Like yeah. it makes me think that it is as simple as that. But I guess we'll never know. Um, 
another classic thing we have to talk about is the gadgets in this. Now we get another great Q branch scene. Um, I don't know if you've made any notes on this, but um, I just yeah. wanted to, I, I have a feeling you've got some good stuff to talk about on this. So what do you think of this scene? Uh, yeah, it's brilliant. I, I always <laughs> love the Q branch scenes. And yeah, this one, this one is so good. And yeah, it just, it culminates with that, with Bond and, you know, the gadgets are all getting a bit more, bit more modern as well um so there's there's like the spy camera isn't there basically and it's he can he can view it on his watch um yeah. and and bond just goes straight for this girl's tits and it's just <laughs> her boobs are then on like 15 screens all around the office for ages it's just the way he does it he like zooms in and out so yeah. fast like boing <laughs> and, but the thing is the woman doesn't move she doesn't react she sees him yeah, doing it and he's cool. just like that's cool that's absolutely fine <laughs> <laughs> I made it but you've missed the um, the great one liner in this is yeah. that they have actually I'll let you talk it through no you, you go for it I, so they've got this um, I don't know what would you call it it's You'd know it if you saw it. It's kind of like the trick where, you know, a rope is, it's, it's, it's being pulled up as if you can climb it, but there's nothing behind it, if that makes sense. Trying to audibly describe it. And yeah, it's like, it's like rope, rope that turns into like solid, solid like metal pole, but it's, but yeah. then it's rope again. It's like, yeah, yeah. I, can't, I can't explain it. It's yeah. like a magic trick that you would have seen like on a, in a, in a film or like a market thing uh to, so if you picture for the reference of this you picture a guy who's looking like he's climbing up a rope and then the rope just tips over and then bond just turns to q and goes you're having problems keeping it up q and i was just like that's it that's the one liner that is going to make the end of the marathon list as the best one liners in a film because i think even q is just like lost for words like uh, i don't know what to say to this <laughs> absolute gold um but yeah i i i too an absolute sucker for the cube branch scenes i think there's a few others they've got like a spike door and like a, a poisoned pen which i don't think he actually uses i can't even remember now um but there's so many few things that it's just get more and more ridiculous um yeah but i quite like i do like actually from talking about gadgets that that the gadgets he does have and do, does use are actually all pretty they're all pretty useful they're not they're not like dumb gadgets which is which i do like well you say that but then you've got the crocodile outfit there is that but <laughs> yeah but that i like i like the sort of homage to the the duck on connery's head in um <laughs> in goldfinger yeah i did it did I did think of that as well to be fair it's kind of like his at night submerged water entry outfit isn't it it's just upscaled from a, a scuba diving outfit with like a yeah it's like a duck or like a bird on his head to a fully grown crocodile outfit that he just lies in and just bobs along to, to <laughs> Octopussy's palace which I just thought was just hilarious because you see it don't you and it just his mouth rises and you just see Roger Moore's face just peering through <laughs> it's so classic um yeah i think those are the main the main sort of gadgets really so um 
I just want to get your, I guess, your opinion really on the climax. So how this kind of builds up is Octopussy then realises that Kamal Khan isn't his, isn't her ally and she's actually, she's actually, you've got the whole circus scene, haven't you, which you kind of skipped over, um, where, actually, because you, you were going to mention about the, the timing of that bomb. Did you want to talk about that quickly? Because I mean, you sounded like you were a bit disgruntled by that bit. Yeah, I am. I am disgruntled by it because they, when when they're being told about this bomb, they're told that it's got a four-hour countdown, and so they know they need to arm this bomb four hours before they want it to go off. Mm. But then they're talking about, well, it's eleven forty-five now, and it's four hours, so so we want it to go off at three forty-five, so we need to arm it right now. But then they set the time on it to be 3.45. And it's like, well, either you set the time that it's going to go off or it's got a four-hour countdown. I don't think they... No one thought this through. Should no, did no one see it and go, this, this doesn't fucking add up. What are you on about? <laughs> it really pissed me off. <laughs> I, I noticed that as well. I just, it's a weird it's a weird thing because it, it, it goes from being really urgent to not urgent. We mentioned about the clown outfit as well. And like... Yeah. It goes from really comical, you know, Bond's climbing up a ladder backwards and everyone's laughing at him, thinking it, that it's part of the circus act. But then he takes it all, his his hair is like wig and stuff off. And he's like rushing over, going, there's a bomb in there, man. And everyone's like, yeah, shut up, <laughs> shut up, you stupid clown. And then like everyone's like, he grabs an axe and it gets like really intense. And this is another bit I remember as a kid is it suddenly gets like really serious. And like he's looking for this axe, he's like trying to chop open this, um, this like cr- it's like a crate, isn't it, with the bomb inside, um, almost to look like part of the set. Um, and I always thought it was dumb that uh, Octopussy uses a gun to to shoot at the crate where a bomb is in to open, like <laughs> to, to shoot the lock off. I was like, you stupid bitch! Why would why would you even think about doing that? But hey, it it worked somehow. And then it literally goes off at like the last second, doesn't it? Like he just manages yeah. to to do it. I, w- I was hoping they would do the 007 thing that he did in Goldfinger as well, because I thought that would be a nice, nice little touch. Um, yeah, that would have been good. But I, 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 I actually didn't. I didn't feel it was that that much tension, really. For some reason, I don't know. I think yeah, it was just all a bit. Um, it's all a bit manic and a bit crazy, but I. I don't know. For me, I just sort of sat there and I was like, well, you're, he's obviously going to get it out. But maybe that's just, you know, knowing knowing Bonds and obviously he is going to get it out. But I just, yeah. something, something didn't work for me in that that whole scene. Okay. Yeah, I I think I, maybe I've got a bit of nostalgia on there as to why I enjoyed that bit. But I think, you know, objectively that, that whole thing, is, it's just, it's kind of ruined by the, the clown bit for me in the sense of, no one in their right mind would do that. If they're chasing off a ticking time bomb, they want to get in and out and get that sorted rather than put makeup yeah. on. But hey, anyway. Um, so yeah, I just want to get your your thoughts on the climax. So it kind of builds up. We have this whole uh, thing as well. that Octopussy lives in a palace that is just for women. There's no men in there. Or if they are, they're like security guards or, or, or not even that. Um, which does give um, one of the cheekier bond lines as well when he's told that he's like oh this is an island for women there's no men allowed and bond just goes sexual discrimination i definitely need to pay a visit <laughs> <That's> like, 
yeah. of all people to say it, like <laughs> Bond has said that. Yeah. It's just such a cheeky, cheeky uh, line. Um, but yeah, it kind of builds up to this crescendo that the octopusy has figured out that Kamal can't doesn't have her back and he's she's been screwed over and she kind of teams up with bond this is all just on the back of that circus bomb piece as well so it kind of leads up to that and you've got like a a a great scene with uh the union jack hot air balloon um with q which i think is is quite good we get a bit more uh screen time with q as well which i thought was quite you know outside of the q branch for a change um what did you think of that? So this kind of leads into that fight there with the, the women and it then leads onto the plane team, which we've kind of talked about. But what did you think of this little kind of a the start of that climax? I thought it was good. I like it. I like I like Octopussy's gang, the kind of um her big sort of army of hot chicks who are all actually pretty capable and and there's a few quite good like individual fight scenes and stuff. Um we haven't we haven't really talked about the the other Bond girl, um, Magda, she's called, mm. um, and I actually I actually like her as a character, um, and especially in in the closing the closing scenes because she's she's a typical like young attractive um, Bond girl, yeah, but she never she never falls into the the standard sort of um, revert to damsel in distress be be pathetic kind of act and and even right at the end when when octopus is like you know we we're being screwed over she she wants to stay with the plan she wants to keep keep up this front of um you know smuggling smuggling diamonds and and um jewelry and stuff like that she doesn't she doesn't want to turn to the to the good side she wants to carry on this this um kind of crime that they're still doing and i think that's that's quite interesting from from that character, and then she sort of leads this whole whole army as well. Um, I liked it. Yeah, I thought it was it was, it was pretty good fight scene, especially yeah, all all women kicking all these blokes' ass. Was I liked it? Yeah, I thought it was a nice change actually, and um, maybe something for female audiences that saw the film. It was a bit more of a you know a change that the women characters are actually kicking ass for a change and not a load of blokes so i yeah i thought it stood out for that reason and i think the, the q scene where he's like accidentally like kills off a henchman and all these women are like oh q you've saved us and he's like oh maybe <laughs> maybe later ladies <laughs> it's just like such a good lad um the the see the other scene I, I remember a lot is the really cool as fuck slide down the banister scene <laughs> so bond has got this like i don't know ak-47 isn't he like machine gun and he's in this palace and he's shooting off people here and there and i think it's one of those classic scenes as well where the bond theme kicks in and he's sliding down this banister kills a few people off and then cuts to comedy where he's like at the end of the banister it's just like this big like, blocker that he's gonna hit his nuts on He's like, shit, I better, better shoot that with the AK. <laughs> just shoots it right off and then just coolly slides into the next scene. Um, yeah. That always stood out for me. I was just like, that was so fucking cool. Yeah, um, yeah it's a really good, really good bit. Um, so I think, I think um, one, one kind of theme throughout the film, I think this is probably the most violent Bond film so far mm. in, the, in that actually a lot of the... A lot of the scenes where people are getting shot, they're quite um, 
they're more graphic probably than than a lot of other Bond films. I yeah. don't I don't think the kill count is necessarily as high, and there's not the sort of massive um, you only live twice scale sort of mm. battles. But but I do think that the fight scenes and the the shootings and and the fights that there are are probably some of the most violent and and a few of the deaths as well, like um, VJ's death with the with that spinning blade and stuff. That's that's really brutal. And I think actually um, Orlov's death, where he's he's shot by by the Russians, his own his own people. Actually, him getting you know he gets shot quite a few times, and he's not he doesn't just die instantly. He's kind of dying from his bullet wounds, which yeah. which isn't that hasn't really happened up until now. It's for me, it's probably the most, um, yeah, violent and you'd expect it to be the oldest rated Bond, although I think they're all still PG at this point. I'm not sure how. <laughs> yeah, I, I made a note of the same thing because I think that death, that you're right, generally in Bond films, it's like one bullet shot and they're in, you're instantly dead. They're just, there's just a thing you kind of get used to, I think. But um, but yeah, in that scene where Olaf gets shot, he just gets like gunned down, doesn't he? And he's just lying on the, the train track and just like has a few final words but there's one scene that, that stood out to me thinking how was this passed as a pg so bond is in i think he's just killed off the other twin the knife throwing twin and just a general like russian uh guard opens the door and bond just with reflexes just shoots him like square between the eyes but you kind of you see it you see the bullet wound you see the blood yeah. pouring out I'm thinking this is PG. That's a bit. It's normally you know like cut cut away and he just falls over in the background or something. But you see the whole like bullet shot and everything. Um, it does make me think. It's like yeah, this is borderline PG, maybe twelve. Um, but yeah, I, I I think as well. I watched a, a video on this afterwards, and it does. It's funny you mentioned the kill count, but it's one of the higher ones that he's had for some time. I think it's overall there's like seventy deaths in this. Yeah. Um, and you, yeah, you're right as well. The buzzsaw, like the buzzsaw yo-yo is what I've called it, is uh, it's, it's a great like uh, weapon as well. Like I've never seen anything like it in, a, in any other film, not just Bond, but any film. And it's quite a, like a terrifying thing to think about. Not only is it just a yo-yo that, that flies around, it's, it's got a fucking buzzsaw attached to it as well, which is yeah, which I thought was great. Yeah, the only... The only time, other time I think I've ever seen anything like that is probably in Kill Bill. <laughs> uh, yeah, true. Yeah, in that scene with uh, the bride. Yeah, in the um, yeah, that's a good chat actually. Um, okay, so they're all the notes I've got. Is there anything I've I've missed or you've you've got down on your notes you want to quickly go through? Uh, there's another car chase scene, which which is a very quick chase a very quick scene um but it's part of which is i think why it, why it annoyed me actually with the whole um the whole clown costume scene immediately following after this because bond's in in a rush to to go and find this nuke and then then disarm it and he's in it's a an alfa romeo i think i looked it up it's a gtv6 alfa romeo but i think it's it's probably the best stunt driving of of any bond so far in that it's just a it's just a really well filmed scene of him just driving really well and really quickly and sort of flying around corners and weaving through traffic and the car is quite understated but it's got this awesome 
engine noise that just sounds great and it's it just really makes you it builds up that tension which which i just feel is so let down then when he's you know this this car chase scene it's not even a chase it's just him him driving really um i think there's a few there's a load of police actually after him but it's such a brilliant scene and he's like sliding around corners and stuff and then and then to get there and all of that pace and tension and everything is just taken out of it. And it really just yeah. destroys that, what was such a great scene. That's a great point. I, I, I didn't actually make a note of that, but I do remember this is the one where he steals the car from the German woman when she's in the, the phone booth, right? Is that, yeah, is yeah, that's um, But yeah, I always remember like the handbrake turns being so cool. And yeah. like, he's really thrashing that car around. And like, there is a real sense of urgency, uh, pretty much what you've just said, really, that he's, he's, he's desperate to get there and then it just comes to a halt in that last sort of 10 minutes where he's just like you know stupidly like charming his way in with a clown outfit on um but we, we covered that i guess i won't go back into that but you're right i think that's a good point is i wish there was a more of a chase in there that was that fast paced maybe and that had that has had many handbrake turns in it as well yeah but maybe that's a the later bond films that 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 comes into effect um okay so that's everything i think we've discussed everything on that then so go into like final thoughts and then your score what have you got down for for octopussy so i've i've scored it an eight out of ten okay yeah um and yeah it's, it's borderline borderline seven so it's it's bottom of the eights um but I, I, I did really enjoy this film. I think, I think enjoyable is, is the definitely the word, and it kind of, it definitely sort of summarizes the this era of Bond. I think it, it brings in an action-packed action film and light-hearted comedy. I think it delivers really well on that. Um, I, I don't think the plot. I think the plot's okay. Um, I just feel it's a bit disjointed between the two plots. Um, mm. They don't really, they don't really complement each other or really add up that well. Um, but I think, yeah, like I said, I think it's it's probably the most violent Bond film. Um, it's it's really action packed. It's it is, I think, the best opening scene for me. I've <laughs> I've really really loved it. I thought it was just so so fun and just such a watching the opening scene made me really excited to watch the rest of the film um which is which was really cool um yeah i think there was there was some thrilling chases and and quite a lot of tense scenes in it as well and i really like the characters i think the baddies are are okay i think all of is a is a really good a good villain um probably not like you said not used enough in this mm. um i love the henchman i love I love his sidekick VJ. I think he's um, he's such a great character. I love that. I love yeah. He's like um, Columbo from the previous film, um, and I really like the two female characters as well. I think they're both great in their own right. Um, and Bond films are brilliant at train fights, and this is the best one. And plane scenes as well, and and this is up there with that. And yeah, like I said, I really like that car chase as well. I wish it was. I wish it was a bit longer, and um, they made more of it because whoever that stunt driver was 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 really good, and that that car was cool. Um, yeah, negatives. The theme is utter dog shit. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, the plots just don't really add up. And so more, he's, he's getting a bit old. Yeah. Um, and it really shows, I think, in this. And one thing I've noted is that he dresses far too casually. Like yeah. previous films, he's always, you know, that, that scene of when he's paragliding down and he's got a suit and tie on and a massive cigar. Yeah. That, that's gone completely. And I know we kind of liked that from For Your Eyes Only. It was a bit um, bit more rough and raw. Mm. But he's lost some of his sort of suave sophistication, I think. Um, he doesn't really wear a suit that often in this film, um, apart, of, apart from when he kind of needs to. But for me, Bond is, especially Roger Moore Bond, um, he's always in a suit, even when he definitely yeah. shouldn't be, I think. Um, so yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed it actually, and I liked. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed watching it back. Nice. So I've actually changed my score since we've been talking about it. So I've come into this, yeah. and originally I gave this a six, okay. and uh, I now have upped it to a seven. It's a. I'll, yes. I will be. <laughs> I will say it's a very low seven, um, but. The more I talked about it, the more I realised I just embraced the fun much more than this time round to any of the Roger Moore films than any ones we've looked at previously. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I'll start with the negatives. Theme, worst theme tune that the Bond franchise has ever done, and I never want to hear it again. Um, <laughs> there are a lot of dumb bits, but actually, I mean, there's the clown bit, you've got the, the sitting tiger all of that then Tarzan that's that's the like you said the worst low point in this however you've also got the best one-liner um <laughs> asking Q if he's having problems to get it up is just genius um the gadgets are generally okay the crocodile one is a no for me um but overall it's good fun the train sequence is brilliant like you said um I've also just got that, like I said, the the Sunday afternoon nostalgia of watching this way back in uh, when I was a kid um, that I think I uh, as I was watching it, I was like, oh, yeah, I do remember this bit. And, I, you know, this leads into that. And I had that excitement, I think, added a bit more to this film than perhaps it, it would have if I it didn't have that um, those memories. Um, intro is brilliant as well. Um, I, I just think overall, I mean, the, like you said, I pretty much agree with everything you said, really. I think the villains are okay. All of is much better. I wish he had more time. Um, the henchman is great as well. A really good um, template of hen what a henchman should be for me. Um, strong and silent. Don't really have many words, but very intimidating on-screen presence. Um, I think Maud Adams is good. Is great, actually, as Octopussy um, and definitely more of a standout than when she is in... Uh, a golden gun um the plot again is a negative point but again i don't think it tarnishes it too much you're kind of there for the the ride really i think or certainly i was this time around there's a lot of things that um there's a lot of great action set pieces that they feed into one another um even if they are slightly have um ridiculous scenes within like mid you know smaller scenes within them but Overall, I, I think it's I think it's fine. The only thing I would say I, we didn't cover is I thought the the very end scene, which is almost the light-hearted scene, um, you know, the cheeky scene that you know Bond is with the girl at the end, is a bit of a dud. I don't think we we talk about that. It's where Bond is bandaged up, 
And then she's like, oh, if only you weren't bandaged up. And he just like unhooks himself from his like leg, his leg, you know, like, in a cast and all that and just gives her a kiss. And that's the end. Yeah. Yeah. He's um, like, um, he's like, oh, just kidding. I was just, you know, fooling, fooling M or whatever to, yeah. to spend more time with you. But yeah, they're, they're on a boat again, though, aren't they? Which um, <laughs> they have, they have, they just have to yeah. be on a boat. The classic reason. Bond bond ending for some reason they're just always on a fucking boat if it's not a boat it's a space it's a spaceship um but yeah i just thought it was after all of that it's just a bit of a dud ending that happened so quickly but anyway overall i think it's a low seven um i did enjoy uh, like i said talking through it now i feel like six is a bit harsh um it's i think it's not i mean i was just gonna say my lowest one is rating is is moonraker for a roger moore film um, but I, I feel like I just had more fun here, whereas Moonraker was just kind of embarrassing and I didn't really want to watch anymore. Um, so yeah, so that's my score. So ranking-wise then, where does this where does this sit between? What two Bond films does it sit between at the moment? So for me, it's the lowest, lowest of my eights. So it's um, number seven. It's just after Doctor No and just above Spy Who Loved Me. But I, I, will, I, I will say that I'm... My my interesting rating for Moonraker at, at number four with a nine. Um, yeah, it's, I'm finding it hard to, <laughs> finding it harder and harder to justify that as I watch um, other films. I think I was just in the mood for Moonraker at the time, but yeah, so, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's just after Doctor No for me. Um, nice. Yeah. Okay, so so looking at mine now this is after for from your uh, sorry this is after from russia with love and just before thunderball so i think with thunderball is uh, the, the underwater scenes i still found quite boring and if yeah. i'm comparing them the two uh, which one did i have more fun with unfortunately i'm going to say octopusy i think um so yeah so that so that ranks overall octopus is at number 10 for me uh, okay. between From Russia With Love and Thunderball. Thanks again for today. So the next film we're going to talk about is A View to a Kill. So this is the last Roger Moore film, which I'm not going to lie, I'm kind of ready to move on from Roger Moore. Um, and I'm eager to, to get stuck into the Timothy Dalton films. Um, because all I remember really from View to a Kill is Grace Jones and the amazing soundtrack and everything else being kind of crap. I mean, do you have any memories going into this or is it kind of fresh for you? I do. Um, it was it was one of the ones I had on DVD um, as a kind of early teen. And yeah, I've watched it. I've watched it more than than a lot of the Bonds. Um, so I do, I do remember it, but I haven't seen it for yeah, probably you know getting on ten years, so I imagine my my opinions have changed. But yeah, can't wait to listen to the soundtrack again at least. <laughs> yeah, it's such a good song. I think it was in my top five themes. Definitely, it's just so good. Okay, um, well, we will, yeah, we'll, we will cover the theme when we when we. Get oh on. yeah, we might have yeah. to spend an hour just on that, mate. I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks again for for talking about octopusy, and thankfully that probably be the last time I ever say that word. Um, <laughs> But yeah, thanks for today and I'll speak to you next time for View to a Kill. Yeah, cool. Nice one. See you next time. Cheers, mate.